are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend, which I know you didn't. Because I didn't. None of us did. Any of us that watched the Arkansas-Auburn game, uh, where Arkansas lost, in quotation marks, uh, to the Tigers, 30-28. to And, of course, in case you just haven't been paying attention or haven't been seeing anything on Twitter or hadn't watched the game or anything like that, the reason that this game will have quotation marks around it or an asterisk around it or however you want to say it is because Arkansas got screwed. I'm not holding back anymore. You know what? I, I'm, I was kind of a little more political today on the show, but I'm done with that. I didn't really get a chance to feel like I could really voice my displeasure with all of this. I'm done. I'm done with trying to play. look at both sides. And this, since this is a podcast, it's pretty one-sided as it is. But I have to play this, and I have to do it this way, and I just it bothers me. Arkansas got screwed, plain and simple. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Arkansas got screwed. They got screwed by the officials. Arkansas should be 2-1. and one. But because of the incompetence of the SEC officiating crew and the incompetence of the rules and the incompetence of everybody involved, Arkansas is now one and two instead of two and one. Auburn's two and one instead of one and two. And I'm sorry, but I'm sick of this. I am sick of people making excuses for this absolutely egregious and piss poor officiating group in the SEC, which has been so abysmally terrible for decades that at some point I am wondering if it's ever going to change. I don't understand how a conference that is built upon the greatness of every aspect, the greatest coaches, the greatest players, the greatest athletes, the greatest teams, the greatest sports, football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, softball, track, gymnastics, you name it, the SEC is the creme de la creme in it. It makes more money than any other conference. It's on TV more than any other conferences. The commissioner, Greg Sankey, is out in the forefront and the forward thinking and the way that football and basketball and all these other sports should be done. The schools make so much money off of being part of this conference. Everything is about as perfect as you could imagine when it comes to structure, organization, and setup of this conference, except for the one thing, the one thing that you would think would be easiest to fix or at least the most common to fix, and that is the officiating in this conference. At what point in time are they finally going to stand up and take responsibility for their piss-poor officiating? And this isn't just from this game and from Arkansas's perspective. This is from every perspective in general. I am sick and tired of it, and everybody is, and you have a right to be. How is it that game after game, season after season, year after year, whatever, we continue to see complete and total gaffes by this officiating group in the SEC. Ones that are costly, in this particular case, was extremely costly. At what point is the SEC going to stand up and say, you know what, we have a problem. We have an officiating problem, and it needs to be addressed now. And here's how we're going to do it. Stop letting the officials 
and the officiating crew hide behind the curtain. Stop protecting them like they're little babies and that they can't handle the criticisms. Stop acting like every you'll call out coaches when they're wrong. You'll call out teams when they do things wrong. But for the officiating group, they're like in a protected class. You can't touch them. You can't talk about them. And if they did something wrong, we're going to explain to you how actually you're wrong. You're wrong. You're the wrong one. And our officiating crew, you know, that's the way they interpreted it. Stop. Stop it. Every other aspect in all of these games and in all of these sports, these individuals that are involved take responsibility. And that's the difference. We're human. Everyone is human in these regards. The game is human. The players are human. The coaches are human. The refs are human. Everyone's human, right? Everyone makes mistakes. It happens. It sucks, but it happens. It's part of the game. So why is it, though, that when coaches make mistakes, guess what? Coaches stand put their feet to the fire and in press conference and says, I screwed up. I take responsibility. Players, when they screw up, when they make bad plays, and we're talking about horrendous bad plays, they stand up with their feet to the fire, to the, to the media, and say, I screwed up. I take that responsibility. Because they're imperfect, right? They have to have their feet held to the fire, right? But yet in all of that, the only group that doesn't have to answer to anybody, doesn't have to respond to anybody, and is constantly getting protected by the cowering league that makes sure that they take care of their own for some reason, is the officials. Why is it they are constantly protected more so than anybody else in this league? Why? They should have to answer for what they do. They should have a press conference. They should have to answer questions from the media. They're part of the game too, just as much as anybody else. So why is it that they get off scot-free? That's what aggravates me more than anything. You protect them. You, you, you put your arm around them and don't let anybody touch them. But you're all good. Like, it's all fine. Because, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they can't, they can't speak for themselves. And, and we're going to take this stance. And we're going to take the stance for them instead of having them address it. It's crap. It's cowardly. It's selfish, it's annoying, and honestly, it's, it's long overdue to be destroyed. Like, they got to change this. This cost Arkansas a game because of incompetence. Because of not, you, like, you, get, you have the replay. This is where I, I just don't understand. You have replay. And the point of replay is to what? To get the call right. That's the point of replay. That's its sole purpose, is that in real time, you may not have seen something, but it's giving you an opportunity to get the call right. And in this instance, and in this play, and in this game, you knew what was right. You knew that it was a backwards pass. You knew that Arkansas recovered it. You knew these things. You saw it. With your own eyes. But instead, you decided to say, you know what? Even though we knew all that, we're not giving the call to Arkansas. We're not going to get it right. We're going to let it be wrong. Because we know that if we're wrong, we'll be protected. We'll be taken care of. 
This league will put their arms around us and make sure nobody touches us or is mean to us. We're fine. I'm tired of it. This has to change. I encourage each and every one of you who is listening to this podcast to call the offices up at the SEC, the officiating offices. You tweet at them, you email them, whatever. Be obnoxious about it. Because it's supposed to be a game that has complete and total transparency on what happens in it and why it happens. And for whatever reason, the SEC feels like it's, and this is not just SEC, this is everybody. I want everybody to do this, but since we're particularly talking about the SEC, they have to start holding people accountable for their actions. SEC, if they got it wrong, then come out and say, they got it wrong. And we're going to fix that, and we're going to address it. It won't make Arkansas fans feel any better, but at least you're doing the right thing by trying to make sure it doesn't happen again. Or if you don't want to do that, then let these officials answer to the media. Let the person who decided that, you know what, this is the right call, let them be questioned by the media and a public forum, just like coaches and players. Let them get their feet to the fire and answer for what they did, just like the rest of us. The officials have a tough job that I never want to do. I know some officials, and I never want to have that job. It's a tough job, without a doubt the toughest job. And we're also talking about you know officials that have to deal with stuff from parents and all that stuff. But again, we're not talking about Little League t-ball. We're not talking about high school sports. We're talking about the number one college football conference in America that makes millions of dollars, hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. We're talking about grown adults with their, full, with their jobs being an official. And you have people dedicated as their jobs to do this. And they are failing miserably. It has to stop. And it has to stop now. You cost Arkansas the game. You did. Congratulations. You gave Auburn the game. That's what you wanted. Sweet. I'm not going to forget it. Razorback fans aren't going to forget it. And I hope to God that one day the SEC will wake up and say, We need more transparency because the kind of crap that the SEC teams are having to listen to from the officials in the SEC about it is unacceptable, completely and totally unacceptable. We'll talk about the game itself here in just a little bit, but first you've heard me tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's not just words, it's 100% true, folks. They have 18 amazing flavors, which they just added a few of them called the app, like the Apple Almond Crisp. They also have Carrot Cake, Cookies and Cream, which is my personal favorite, and they're covered in chocolate, 100% chocolate. So you're wondering, like, well, how in the world are these healthy? It's easy because they're for all you health-conscious people out there. You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in something as good and as well-tasting as a Built Bar. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, while also being high-protein and high-fiber. So they're great for all sorts of kind of diets. And here's the best thing about it. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right. 20% off your next order using promo code LOCKEDON. It's a great deal, folks. So that way you can buy it in bulk, get you a ton of them, stock up for the winter season, and use that 20% coupon. It's not going to be there forever, so be sure to take advantage of it and enjoy something that's convenient, that's easy, and that's great tasting. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. 
You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the uh, Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, you know, uh, I wanted to bring up uh, just the game itself because <laughs> uh, obviously you heard me rant about uh, the the terrible officiating, and uh, I, I got very fired up about it. But I, I should be, and you should be too. I'm sick of it. But the game itself, it was uh, it was an entertaining game, the same the least. And like it was kind of kind of lost in the shuffle and all of this is just how well. Arkansas is playing with all things considered. And what I mean by that is that you have a Razorback team that's not that talented, let's be honest. As far as high-level SEC talent, they're not there. Not only that, but they're without their best running back in Rakeem Boyd. They're without their best wide receiver in Traylon Burks. They were without their best tight end in Hudson Henry. They were without a few of their defensive secondary guys. Jerry Jacobs got hurt in this game. You've had to play uh, a few guys that are true freshmen or, in some cases, even walk-ons or for, uh, former walk-ons in some cases. Like Hudson Clark, that guy? Yeah. Like you're having to play these guys. And you're still in games and you're still being competitive and you're still making plays and at least playing well enough to win games. And when I see that, it does nothing but – really give me confidence in what Sam Pittman and this coaching staff is doing. Like, I never would have dreamed in a million years that in the first three games, of course, you're sitting at one and two, so it's not like you're, you know, just perfect. It should be two and one. But the way that this team is playing, without having any spring practice, without having a lot of injuries, without having a lot of guys out, I mean, how can you not be impressed and excited about what this team is doing right now? And what Sam Pittman and this staff is putting together right now. Like, how can you not be inspired and pumped up about the future? Like, Felipe Franks was the guy that really, to me, deserves the game ball. Traylon Smith played really well as well. But Felipe Franks goes 22 of 30 for 318 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. 318 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, while completing 73% of his passes. That's a big-time, game-breaking type of performance by somebody who a lot of people have been suspect on. Felipe Franks was phenomenal. Traylon Smith was big-time, too, with Rakeem Boyd being out. He had to shoulder the load of the running game. 21 carries for 81 yards while also catching six passes for 78 yards and a touchdown. Like, you wondered who was going to step up with Rakeem Boyd being out. Well, you found your guy. He played well. Davion Warren's become a, a surefire guy in the receiving core. Five receptions for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, almost a, had 100 yards for his second game in a row. I mean, this team is playing great. And that's not even mentioning the defense. The defense and some of the guys that are having to make plays and had a battle injury. I mean, this is big time. And it's something that excites you. And I know it excites me just to see how they've been developing over time. But the point is this. That as good as they're playing, Arkansas is still finding ways to beat themselves. Special teams have to change. That was one of the worst special teams performances I've ever seen, and I've seen some bad, bad special teams performances. You had a block punt for a touchdown, which, as we know, was very costly. You had a bobbled missed extra point, which we know what was costly. You had four punts that, you know, you had to re-punt because of a stupid 
uh, legal formation penalty four different times? Four? And one of them would have given you a first down because Auburn had 12 men on the field. And you still screwed it up. Self-inflicting wounds like this is not going to be the answer. That's not how you get out of this rut. Arkansas is playing really well. The team's playing well. The players are playing well. The coaches are coaching well. All of this is going well. But you cannot win games in this league by having as many mistakes, and especially self-inflicting mistakes, as you've had so far this year, especially special teams. Like Scott Fountain, I really was impressed with the guy. I still think having a special teams coach is a huge difference. But we got to see something more from him and from the staff and from the players and all that because, again, Arkansas is not good enough to just be able to make this work while being terrible on special teams. So I was impressed by Felipe Franks. He gets my game ball. I was impressed by the defense and making plays, especially with all the injuries. I was impressed by the two major units of offense and defense. But the special teams, you can make the argument that they lost you the game in this one. Plain and simple, they lost you the game. Um, which I still think the officiating lost you the game, but you know what I'm saying. You don't have the special teams gaffes. You're, you're at least in good position. This has to get shored up, and I think it can get shored up, and hopefully it will get shored up, but... This Ole Miss team is not going to, you know, make not going to mess around with you come upcoming this uh, this Saturday. So you have to get it all fixed and figured out. Hopefully they do. But as of right now, I'm feeling good. But I'm not feeling great. Shore up the mistakes, and you'll have you a whole new season and a whole new team and a lot more wins in 2020. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. The last thing I want to bring up, and this is the last thing I'm going to mention it, and, you know, the whole thing with the Auburn game is just brutal. And I think what makes it even worse is that was Chad Morris. Like, can you believe that Bo Nix, the quarterback of Auburn, actually had the audacity after the game to talk about how they won this one for Chad? You know, he had this game circled and that this was personal for all of us because of that fact. But not only to do that, but to say that the reason that Arkansas was so competitive and such a, a well-developed team and why they gave him such a run for their money is because of Chad Morris in the two years he was at Arkansas. Like, stop trolling. Stop trolling. I have come to the conclusion now, folks, after this past weekend and the coward that is Chad Morris, uh, the disgusting person that Chad Morris is and the terrible coach and human being that he is and the way that he treated the Razorback fan base and treated the U of A. And uh, now he's acting like it's our fault and the victim, and he's playing the victim card. I have no respect for him. Auburn might be my most hated team in all of the SEC, which is saying something. Still hate A&M. Still hate Missouri. But Auburn, I think it may – I don't even hate Ole Miss, but like I think Auburn might be the team – I'm going to root against every single game this year. When they play AM, I'm rooting for Auburn. Or no, I'm rooting for AM, I should say. When they play Missouri, I don't think they play Missouri, do they? They don't. But when they play Ole Miss, I'm gonna root for the Rebels. I'm gonna hold my nose doing it. But I, I just I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't use that term very often, but I hate that dude. That dude sucks. And I hope he loses. And I, and again, as I said uh in my periscope over the weekend. Just wait, folks. 
He he got his he got his win this time around. But this is like when Houston Nutt beat Arkansas when he was at Ole Miss in two thousand and eight. He got the first laugh and he got the first jab in and he felt good. But at the end of it, it was Arkansas that came out on top and Houston Nutt got unemployed. It's going to be the same thing with Sam Pittman in Arkansas with Chad Morris. Three, four, five years from now, Arkansas is going to be a much better program, much more competitive, and Sam Pittman's going to be a better coach. And four or five years from now, maybe probably even less than that, I predict. Bold prediction, maybe not. But I predict Sam, uh, Chad Morris will be coaching in some small college or going back to high school football in Texas. He doesn't have it. He's not a good coach. He's not a good person. And honestly, I hope he gets – choose my words wisely here. I hope he gets what's coming is all I'll say. I hope he gets what's coming. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 